Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the second hour of the Live with Rank program. Thank you so much for tuning in. I was just informing you about the war against kids education here in Michigan by the left and I gave you all of my reasons why I believe that and I would ask anybody who thinks differently to give us a call and let us know their thoughts we can have a great discussion about that perhaps I'm wrong perhaps you're wrong this is all about informing people with what I believe is the true facts and then I come up with my opinion just like you guys can And a couple things here. Three, I was just telling you about the war against helping kids here in Michigan uh, get extra money to help them um, on, with online classes, Wi-Fi, laptops, many things. And partly, and you can use whatever you get in this scholarship. I don't know how much you can get to go to a private school, but it's all private money. But as I told you, it's all about the state first. The state, the state, private, public schools first, the corporate business of public schools first. Three of four members of the Georgia Senate Education Committee. I know this is Georgia, but again, three of the four members, 75% of the Georgia Senate Education Committee, who voted against a school choice bill, sent their kids to private school. So again... We can send our kids to private school because we can afford it. If you can't afford it, tough luck. You're stuck in the state corporate schools. And then here, Chicago's teachers unions used parents' death to push for COVID restrictions. Why? Well, she died of alcoholism. Uh, did she have COVID? Maybe, maybe not. Doesn't matter. She died of alcoholism. Chicago Teachers Union dis sent out, actually, not only miss, and they sent out miss and disinformation and said she died of COVID. Oh, by the way, it's been six months since Biden told us he's going to fix the supply chain. Has, has that been fixed yet, guys? I, I was willing to give them some time. Six months is quite a bit of time to fix. And, and is, has that been, oh, wait, even buying said isn't fixed because that's the reason for inflation. Well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that special? Parent activists in Northern Virginia chanted, quote, racist, end quote, at a public school board meeting while a mother shared an anti critical race theory book about the district's wrongdoings. And you could see it on video. The mother who shared it, who they called racist, was a minority. So in their world, everybody is a racist if you don't agree with them. You could be black. You could be white. You could be pink. 
can be purple. You can be anything. But you're a racist if you don't believe them. And again, it's just to give you a sense of what's going on out there and where that ideology is today. Now, I wrote a piece that I'm going to get into now. I have Todd Spangler from the Detroit Free Press coming on in the next segment. So I'll I'll lay it out for you now. This interview I have with Todd is only for one segment. After that, I can certainly take phone calls. All my pieces you can find at my flagship station, WBCKFM.com, or my affiliate sites, one of them being the WKMI. Usually it lags to get the KMI article up. So if you want to see it right now, it's definitely at WBCKFM.com. It's probably under opinions and commentary, most of them. Or you can click on Meet the Host Rank on the right-hand side and check it out. I titled it this, Kalamazoo School District Sued by One of Their Teachers Over Mask Mandate Exemption. So back on January 4th, seven parents filed suit on behalf of their children in Kalamazoo County Ninth Circuit Court. It all started there. The parents sued Portage, at least in this area. The parents, uh, the parents sued the Portage Superintendent, all seven Portage Board of Education members, and the district over their mask mandate. Then shortly after that, Madawan School District parents sued and Plainwell sued and there were a number that sued. All of them were being represented by attorney David Delaney, who we've had on a couple of times. Now we have a different spin on the schools and the school boards being sued. This time it is a teacher suing her school here in Kalamazoo. Her name is Patricia Tyler. And she's a teacher in the Kalamazoo Public School District. Patricia's being represented by the same attorney, as I told you, David Delaney, who has represented parents in several lawsuits. Currently, masks are mandated in Kalamazoo schools. And according to the KPS superintendent, they're reevaluating that mask mandate and are expected to come back today with an answer of where they're going with that mask mandate. And according to the lawsuit, the teacher states the school she teaches at has not honored a medical exemption or a medical mask exemption signed by her doctor. Also, as in the previous lawsuits, David has been involved with and has he has stated on my show that they believe that the school district does not have the authority over public health orders, thus cannot mandate masks. So public health are saying we don't have mandated masks. Schools are saying we have mandated masks. Well, schools are public. So they don't have, that's the argument, the legal authority to mandate masks. In her lawsuit, they state, quote, KPS is clearly acting outside of any historical precedent, exercising an enormous breadth of authority by mandating teachers to wear a mask that covers their face, a medical mandate. Now, as I said in previous articles, the public school teachers unions, teachers, administrators, and school boards around the country have awoken have awoken a sleeping giant, and they are the parents 
of their students. And now we can add teachers. This one specifically is concerning medical mask. And as I wrote in my piece that I put out there on Facebook, on the flagship station's Facebook page, I put a link with a little excerpt. I put it also on the Rank Live show page on Facebook. And I wrote as an excerpt this, who cares about what your doctor thinks? We are following the science. So her doctor gave her a mask medical exemption. Her school denied her the mask medical exemption. But we're told they're always following the science. So I think that's fair. Do you? Who cares about what your doctor thinks? We are following the science. As we talked about before, and I had Dave Coleman from the Great Lakes Justice Center, Coleman Legal Group on many times. A lot of this stuff has to go through the court. The Supreme Court has to start making some decisions on these issues that we face quite a bit. So the next pandemic that will happen, and there will be one, I believe, especially if we have Fauci and the NIH funding this uh, biological weapons research all over the world in places that aren't too keen about how to keep things safe, we'll have one. And all these issues we argued about over the last two years, hopefully will be settled by law. Then we may not like them, but at least they're following the law. 269-441-9595 is the number if you have a thought about what we're talking about today. I'm going to come back on the other side and speak to Todd Spengler from the Detroit Free Press. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Live with Rank program. I'm very, very happy. I appreciate Todd Spangler from the Detroit Free Press taking his time out to, and we're connecting with him this morning he, via email. He, he was very busy, and it worked out that we'll be able to talk to him for a few minutes because I wanted to get some impressions or some some questions I had about the article and lack of information in the article and how we as uh, consumers of his articles, uh, and especially we who have maybe uh, a, a different take on the article, uh, I'll go, although he's not an opinion writer, uh, I appreciate him coming on air. So let us... Welcome to, for the first time, the Live with Rank show, Todd Spangler. Thanks, Todd, for coming on air. Yeah, my pleasure. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And are you, are you in Washington, D.C.? I am. Okay. I am. Well, I'm I appreciate it. Sitting in my basement. Oh, hopefully because no one's coming after you or anything, right? No, no, not, 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 no one today. Not yet. <laughs> no one. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. In your, just like my line of business, your line of business, uh, you you get some uh, uh, some love and hate mail. Uh, so, I saw I saw a link on the Detroit Free Press's website this morning to your piece, and the t- the link titled "Republicans Delay Confirmation of First Black Woman to the Fed Board," and. Maybe it was there to make me click. Uh, I think I would have clicked even if your title, or at least when we got to your article, title was there. 
But it made me think, oh, is that the only reason why they, the Republicans, or is that the way the free press is trying to uh, insinuate that it's only because she is black? Now, to be fair to you, and as I said to the listeners in the first hour when I discussed this and said we'll be talking to you, you wrote, Republicans slow historic confirmation of Michigan State economists to Fed board. Completely fair title. Uh, I, I believe uh, that's true. Uh, let's first take that length to get to your article. And then I have an, a second part. Who decides in your business what that link is? Is that you or since you've submitted your title, uh, then someone else decides what the link is? Well, I mean, there's, I mean, as with most media companies, I mean, it's not a, it's not a one person generally who does those sorts of things. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, of, of, well, there's more people involved in that. Well, I, if I'm I may interrupt. Headline, I'm going to fill out some fields. There's going to be other people who, you know, who are trying to shorthand that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, so there's, there's, there's certainly more than one person. Well, yeah, what I was trying to get at, I wasn't asking for names, and I, I'm sorry if I insinuated that, but someone different than you, the writer is writing those clicks on the front page or the headlines on the front oh, page. I, I mean, I mean, I write, I usually fill in a, I usually am writing a headline for it. Um, I may not write all of the headlines that you see. The headlines may change throughout the day. Um, that, yeah, those, those, that sort of stuff does, does change. I would, I would argue that the, that what you, what you read to me, I hadn't seen that specific link is correct though. I don't think that, and I've been doing this for a pretty long time. I don't think that what's in a headline necessarily is the only indication of what's in the story. I think that, you know, I, mean, I think anybody who's used to consuming media knows that, you know, when you see a link, that's not going to be the only point that's, or that's not necessarily the only point that's made in the story. And that's not what I'm trying to insinuate myself, because, uh, right, it, it is yeah. correct. She is the first black woman to the Fed board. But to yeah. to me, it just sounds like they're insinuating that's why the Republicans are slow rolling it. Now, credit to you in your piece, you write that the nominations of her and others have been held up for a month after Republicans refused to return to the committee room to vote on all or any of the nominations in the protest of Sarah Bloom Raskin's bid, which could be true. Or I'm not questioning in that. Uh, I haven't gone that deep into it. And again, all that information is correct. But I went and looked in and wondered why and found other reasons why the Republicans have problems with Lisa Cook. She's a hyper-partisan person. And I don't think I want anybody on the left or the right who is hyper-partisan, hyper-political, who's called for slavery reparation, who has supported defunding the police, should be a person that was in the in a Fed board chair. And, and again, left or right, I want politics left out of our federal money system. And then there's many tweets that she has made in the past that prove that she is. So I was curious why that was left out of your piece. Well, I, to be, to be honest with you, some of that stuff in terms of like the tweets and things like that, I didn't really get into because as a, as a member of the fed, you're not having any impact on whether or not defunding the police. I mean, whether you are somebody who believes in, in some sort of, you know, social change or something along those lines that we could get into what to fund the police means or doesn't mean, you know, in lots of different ways. 
to lots of different people. But ultimately, that seemed somewhat further afield from what was going on here, which, and, and by the way, defund the police, the, 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 the stuff that was mentioned about, you were mentioning reparations, didn't really come up at her, at her, at her hearing, her, her nomination hearing either. Really what came up at the nomination hearing were the questions about her experience, whether or not she was qualified to be a Federal Reserve uh, Board Governor, um, and you know whether or not she did, as you say, come to it with a, an agenda from an economic standpoint that might be uh, uh, so liberal as to, as to disqualify her from the job. And the sense I very much got from the hearing was that was what the conservative, the Republican members of the committee were raising as concerns. And I did mention a good bit of that in the story, both this story and the nomination hearing story. Um, so, so, so yeah, that's, that's, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily questioning that you know, whether or not she wrote things about reparations or whether or not she, she, she made comments about support for defund the police. I have every reason to believe that she did only that that may not disqualify her as somebody who is sitting on the board of governors who's making monetary policy about interest rates and, 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 and the flow of currency, which doesn't have anything to do with those things. I mean, Jerome Powell may have a, the chairman of the, of the Fed board may have an opinion about funding of police and, and, and those sorts of things. I presume he does. But whether or not that opinion disqualifies him from being the chairman, I would argue that it doesn't. I guess my concern is what I started off with. I don't want any hyper-partisan person from the left or the right in positions. Now, I, I what everybody... That sounds, I mean, I, I think that's, a, I think that's, a, I, I think that's a, a, a more than fair position to take. And I certainly don't want to be seen as... as I, I'm, I'm not advocating uh, Professor Cook's nomination one way or another. It seems to me that that, you know... Republicans have an absolute right, certainly in the Senate, as you know, uh, Vice Chairman Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania said, you know, yesterday, to make their voices heard on these on these nominations, and that's you know that that ultimately the accountability does and should lie with the people who who the who the people vote for, and that's why you have you know the consent you know uh, uh, clause in the in the Constitution. I I agree, and. What most of us think of when we think of the Fed, pretty much all we really think of is the interest rate hikes. Now, there's more that they do. And in my show prep this morning when I saw this, I just didn't have time to get into what else they can do that having a hyper political or partisan position from any side uh, will could affect. Yeah. Will it affect interest rates? I don't know. I it, it, off my when I first think about it, no, it doesn't. You wouldn't think so, but there are so many things, and you, you probably are know it as much as me or more. Being deep in the belly of the beast in Washington D.C. about the hyper partisan politics that are happening out there, and I guess when I read this piece, sure. and it could be my fault, I defaulted to why didn't. Uh, they, uh, Todd, did it, uh, put these in there because I did think, and as I said to you and my listeners before that your headline was right, there was nothing that was wrong in your piece. And I appreciated that. Uh, but, but I thought, and that's why I asked you on, 
Uh, Todd never asked me why I had him on. I would have told him if he asked me, but he didn't. Uh, and I wanted to know why. Help us understand or help me and others who listen to my show and may think like me understand why you uh, didn't put in these uh, very hyper-partisan uh, positions. So can I take it, and you answered that, can I take it if there was a a position someone was being uh, uh, up for, nominated for, and they had this type of background, and it could affect them. Um, would you, as a writer, put it in that piece? Oh yeah, so most certainly. Yeah. Okay. Without 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 question. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, if I could, I mean, if I could, you know, verify it. I mean, I I I, I mean, there are lots of things that yeah, I not have, rumor. Yeah, I don't want you to put rumor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but these I mean, are verifiable in tweets. That's what I mean. So we see the actual words uh, of the person who's tweeting them. Uh, then, then that's certainly by uh, verifiable. Yeah, and I and I and you mentioned you know uh, Sarah Bloom Raskin. I mean, you know, she there's somebody else who you know had writings that she clearly authored that you know that you know. Heard her nomination, Sunk her nomination her right. but right. you know, I mean that you know that she sort of tried to distance herself from. Not sort of, she did try to distance herself from at the at the confirmation hearing, and it didn't work. All right, well, but those I... were about, but those were about those were about the Fed's role in some cases and about monetary policy. I will say. Okay. Well, I know you're very busy, and I'm glad that you were able to give us this one segment as we talked about. Thank you. I won't keep you any longer. Appreciate you calling in. Rick, with any other questions you have, I can I can stay for a minute or two. No, actually, I, I if you like to uh, maybe add something to the conversation, what I'm trying to do, my biggest push in life is just honesty in reporting. Uh, period. Yeah. And, and there's so much dishonesty, and as I say, disinformation when it comes. So different disinformation to me is not only not telling the truth or trying to push something that's not true, but not putting things in context. So if this we'll use and we'll, we'll take you at your word, Todd, and say that if this position that Lisa Cook was going into, would her hyper-partisanship, uh, in this case on the left, would affect her job, uh, you would have put that, that in. If you had had not, I would think that's disinformation in a way that uh, just as, and I'd like to get you as a, as a, as a reporter, I'm a radio talk show host pundit as a reporter is disinformation. Do you, could that also include information that's not being reported? That's pertinent to a story. Sure. I mean, it depends on, it depends on the level of detail and depends on the level of information and the scope of the story. I, I mean, I think that if a reporter, I think reporters are not in a position, and, and you know this being, I mean, you manage time as a, as a, as a, as a radio host, right. you manage time. You're managing my time right now. Right. You're managing your time. You're managing your show's time. You may not hit every detail and every example of something that you can or could and have to shorthand certain things because you're managing time or space or whatever it is. I think it would be dishonest to completely ignore things that are counter to what's going on in the story that don't try to give some kind of, of greater um, detail and context to the story, even if you can't mention 
every example of something. You well, do that, I do that. That's, that's, that's part of time. That's part of management of, of, of the space that you, the time that you have. But yes, I do think that if you left something completely out that's, that's pertinent to the story or pertinent to the news gathering, pertinent to what people are going to read about it, I absolutely think that can be dishonest. Well, the great thing I've always said about being a radio talk show host is I have three hours a day, 40 minutes an hour, 120 minutes. I, do, I can talk about something all day if I want. <laughs> so I can go into the detail as opposed to local uh, news and maybe to yeah. some extent uh, a, a paper because you guys even that is even that is management though I mean and, and I mean I can I can I can come up with two quick examples I can talk about whether or not President Biden is moving on from the fact that supply chain problems in COVID had a and and to a degree shutdown orders had a had a, had a degree of impact on inflation that. His administration is now talking more as if it's war in Ukraine and maybe starting to push that other side behind and, and maybe not giving that quite the, the level of detail it needs. I could, I could go back to the previous president and talk about, you know, he comes to, he comes to Michigan and talks about, I'm going to fully fund the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative, leaving out the fact that it was his not him it's his administration that wanted to cut it to zero i mean that i couldn't agree more i think there's i think more context is always a great idea even if you don't have a chance to put all the examples in. and i think that's what we're lacking uh, we're missing uh in in a lot of media today is is more context and then as i believe too many people uh in your profession want to be in my profession opinionated you know not just giving stories out talking about them facts but also opinion and i just wish we could get to the point where everybody is uh, covering everybody uh, everybody else fairly and not having some hidden agenda but i do appreciate you coming on time on air because i now i do have to go thanks todd no, my pleasure you have a great day 269-441-9595 what do you guys think Give us a call. Plus, lines are uh, not only lines are open, but you can email me at rank R E as an excellent NK at townsquaremedia.com. Man, that just gets you rocking and rolling. Some of you may have thought, wait, is he starting a show all over again? No, that's just where that piece came from. I wanted you to hear the rest of that song. Plus, it pumps you up. So let's get it started in here. Did my interview with Todd Spengler from the Detroit Free Press uh, give you any insights into how they write these because that's what I was looking for. Now, as I told you, he is not one that I have found to be really out there and missing stuff, but I had questions. As I said, I thought the title on the front page to get to his article was insinuating that she was black. Sure. I mean, she was being uh, slow rolled because she was black. I think anybody would take it could look at that and, and think that was anything wrong, incorrect. No, but again, you're, you're noticing, or at least I'm trying to educate you on what I've learned and educated myself over the years and how to look at these things. So they either did that and he wouldn't admit one way or the other as clickbait or they did it to insinuate something to move an agenda. Now, did you accept his answer on why these 
what I thought would be important pieces of information were not in his piece. Well, I could accept his piece if I knew for sure. I'm sorry. I could accept his answer if I knew for sure what in totality does a Fed chair, a governor, do? And do they have the ability to do more than just sit there and discuss raising interest rates? Because if that's all they do, well, they haven't raised interest rates for four years until yesterday. So what are we paying them for? Talking about what are we paying them for, let me take a sidetrack here. Circuit court judge froze a $6,900 a month pension that an ex-Macomb County prosecutor, Eric Smith, has been receiving since 2020. This guy makes $6,900 a month not working, taxpayer dollars. That is a lot of pension to me from, a, from the taxpayers. Now, the judge froze it because he is involved in a case. And I want to make sure I get it right here because I wasn't prepared to talk about it, but it just kind of came up. It says the Michigan Attorney General's office requested a pensions of Smith and his former chief of operations, Derek Miller, be frozen in a petition filed in the embezzlement case, which involves the misuse of drug and forfeiture funds in the prosecutor's office. So they're saying, well, he could be involved or he could be found guilty of embezzlement and misuse of drug and forfeiture of funds. So he shouldn't be getting his pension right now. Talking about waiting till he goes on trial, did you hear? Again, it's only the left. Has this happened to anybody in the uh, January 6th incident? Jesse Smollett was let out of prison after five days yesterday. Some... I assume leftist judge said, well, his appeal is going to take some time and we want to let him out of prison until his appeal process goes through. Okay. Are you affording that? Or is someone affording that to any of the people in January 6th issue? And they're not even found guilty. They haven't even gone to trial. They won't even let these people out of jail who hasn't gone to trial. This guy went to trial. He was found guilty. The judge just ripped into him and what he did to our, his community and uh, taking back whole the race relations uh, wins that were happening in Chicago. Yet he gets out after five days as he's playing cuckoo to get in the psych ward. <sighs> Man, I'm telling you, this is what's going to anger people. And perhaps that's what the left wants. Maybe the left wants some type of uh, confrontation between the left and the right. And, and believe me, who do you think is going to win that? The Karens or the men and women? But I don't advocate that. I don't want that. Just smile at them and vote these people out. Well, you've got to convince more people in the middle 
that we don't want judges like this. We don't want prosecutors like this. We want everybody to be fairly treated when it comes to the law. And where's my $6,900 a month pension? That's what I would like to know. Any thoughts about my interview with uh, Todd and his explanation? Did you accept it? 269-441-9595 or you can email me at rank R-E-N-K-I-E no, R-E-N-K at townsquaremedia.com. We'll be right back. 95.3 WBCK. Worried about Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When a child is diagnosed with cancer, the last thing parents should have to worry about is how to pay for it. This is a St. Jude moment. Calvin got diagnosed June 10th of 2018. He has rhabdomyosarcoma, sarcoma, a soft tissue cancer. One oncologist told us if it was my son, we'd go to St. Jude. And within 24 hours, we were on a plane headed here. It's hard to fathom what St. Jude has done for us. They've really given our family hope. For the donors out there, it's just amazing. I never thought we would be in this place. And it's people like you that help us and help St. Jude provide for a family like ours. St. Jude is like the gold at the end of a rainbow. And we are so grateful and thankful for everything. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. The Department of Veterans Affairs is so innovative, it not only improves the lives of veterans, it transforms the lives of healthcare professionals who serve them with access to the latest technologies and remarkable benefits. Transform your future at vacareers.va.gov. Morning, noon, and night, our news team keeps you informed. Lacey James, Brandon James, Brad Carpenter, and Alex Maddox. 95.3 WBCK. We are Battle Creek. with rank thank you for that as i talked about con- prior to my interview with todd kalamazoo school district sued by one of their teachers over mask mandate exemption that's something i wrote about and published this morning my body my choice is the picture that you'll see accompanying the piece and we've seen parents suing schools school systems 
school districts, boards of educations. Now a teacher's doing it right here in Kalamazoo because her doctor says or wrote that she has a medical exemption. For whatever it was, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Her doctor, a man of science, is the one who wrote it. The school, school district, I assume also, would not honor that medical exemption. So now they're suing. And you may say, well, it may be over. Because in fact, today, we're supposed to hear from the superintendent of the Kalamazoo Public Schools whether they're going to continue the mask mandate or not. Her lawyer, David Delaney, who we've had on air before, believes that they don't even have the right to do this. And he's been uh, saying that through all these cases. You guys don't have the right, they being the schools. Public health groups may, departments. But the public health department in Kalamazoo and pretty much all over said, no mask wearing, no mask mandate. You can wear one if you want, but no mask mandate. A school doesn't have the legal authority then to state that you must. That's their premise. And especially, uh, that's just a part of it. The other part is this medical exemption that her doctor gave her. And as I wrote in the excerpt of my piece on the Facebook page, is who cares about what your doctor thinks? We are following the science. I think it says it all right there. Maybe I give too much away when I write these pieces in these these uh, uh, on these sites. Let's go to the phone lines and John. Good morning, John. Welcome to the show. Well, good morning, Rank. Uh, first of all, it's St. Patrick's Day, so happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Thank and you. And of course, Delaney, a uh, Mick himself. Uh, is a great lawyer, and uh, he'll do a good job in that case. Uh, but that isn't why I call. Happy St. Patrick's Day to Thank Delaney. Thank you. Uh, now, uh, first of all, that that teacher's going to win. Uh, second of all, I, I have to disagree with you with regards to Jesse Smollett. I, I think you might not have a, a full picture, and when you have it, you'll understand. Number one, you got a state court, and number two, you got a federal court. Well, if I may, okay. John, John, if I may. Yeah, sure. What, what you may disagree with me on what? What do you think I said that you're disagreeing with? Well, I, I agree with you on the fact that the federal court is dead wrong, okay? And they're violating, in one sense or another, habeas corpus and our bond laws in this country. And there's no reason for the federal court to do it. And those judges need to be removed. But in Chicago, since it is a 150-day sentence, Mallette can wind up serving the whole sentence of 150 days and then win the appeal. And he's then been punished for nothing, okay, because he has no conviction. So... Uh, I think if you ask the prosecutor in Chicago if he's a good prosecutor, and I anticipate he's a very good prosecutor, he will tell you, well, I don't particularly like it, but uh, I understand it because uh, he'll, it'll take longer than 150 days <clears throat> to be able to, uh, you know, 
show to the Court of Appeals that his conviction, okay, is a, a valid conviction and should not be overturned. So, uh, and then on that basis, uh, you have to look at all the parameters going on. And I think I disagree with you on that, although I sympathize with you. Oh, oh, hold on. I never said that he shouldn't get out. I understand, and that's why I asked you before, what are you disagreeing with me for? I never said he shouldn't get out. What I said, or at least what I meant to say, and I, if I, I said it incorrectly, that's on me, was that if you're going to afford these people, a person who was found guilty, that then you must afford someone who's just sitting there rotting for a trespassing uh, charge in many cases. You've got to let them out while they, the case even gets to, why we're, we're over a year now and they still haven't gone to court with these people. So they're doing it for cruel and unusual punishment. And not only should these judges be removed, I, I would think some legal action has to come against them. It is a violation of basic American law, what they are doing. And the federal government, unfortunately, it's of a third world republic, okay, and they just recently got caught saying, oh, we don't have any emails of Hunter when they have 60 pages of them. It's all nonsense. It's all political. And they need to all be thrown out of office. Trump needs to come in with the big broom and throw them out. OK, get rid of them. Now, uh, you now you have a minute called, and a half left. Go ahead. Well, you this one is about the guy that called who was the uh, newspaper guy. Todd Spangler from the Detroit Free Press. I've listened to witnesses on the stand, and I've listened to reporters before, and he's just blowing us smoke. For us as citizens, it's very important to understand the overall thinking of these people that are being promoted to an important public financial post. And to tell us, well, you know, uh, whether or not it uh, would overturn his right to be there. If he's so far out, if he's a communist, if he's a collectivist, if he's one of those progressives, okay, he needs to reveal his thinking because I might not want him because if he thinks that way, when we get into a critical financial type of issue, there is a strong likelihood he's going to wind up on the wrong side of the issue. Well, we were talking about she. It's a she, Linda Cook. Now, uh, you have pointed out a flaw in my interview. That's very good. I wish I would have thought of on the fly what you just said. Because it is, and I often quite, and I quite often say it. I said it today. We have to think about the overall thought process of the people. I, I, I was getting to it by saying we don't know all that is involved with what these people do and how that could uh, affect their decision. Hold well, on. let me. I, I've got to take a break. It's top of the hour break. Got to go. You listen to live with Rank two six nine four four one nine five nine five is the number if you'd like to get involved with the show. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.